All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to Make It Plain Wayne, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So I want to get into today's topic, but before I even dip a baby toe in this pool of argument that I've seen, not just on Facebook, but in many articles and even on you know talk shows, this is a rant. <laughs> so if something comes out of me that is not suitable for work, you have been warned. This is mature content. This is not suitable for work. Please do not listen to this around teens or anyone younger than 18. I promise I will offend you. <laughs> that is a promise. <laughs> so, you know, jokingly, I, you know, I, I love life and I love the things that we have available to us in this life um, and, and, and the benefits of some of the things that I'm going to talk about. So if I go down the, the rabbit hole or start to dig a little bit too deep and it's too sensitive for some of you, you know, you've been warned. And, and I want to let you know, I don't do this with the gloves off, you know, ready to uppercut people in the throat until, you know, there's nothing left that resembles a throat or face or leg or body. Um, this is all coming out of love. I want everybody to understand and enjoy each other a little bit better. And um, I don't know, maybe just treat each other better. You know, not just to know and understand each other better, but then treat each other better. Um, I think there should be a humbling part of our lives that allows us to be better where we understand you don't have to be right all the time. You don't have to be the character that you put out in front of the world all the time. Like Sometimes you have to take that cape and, and armor off. And for ladies, I, I mean that exactly the same way. Not all you ladies wear heels. Not all you ladies wear, uh, you know, an S on your chest. You're not all superheroes. You don't all do the same thing. So if you're hearing this and I prick your nerve a little bit, I apologize. But as I said, you've been warned um, to the men that are listening to this. You know, I I'm not saying this to offend you. I'm saying this in the same spirit as a football coach that wants his team to do better. And for the women listening to this, I, I don't want to hurt you or damage you in any way. Um, you might agree with me on a lot of things and you might um, not like me <laughs> on some of these things. So if you're going to share this with your friends, as I stated before, this is a gut punch. This is not suitable for work, not suitable for work, not suitable for work. And please do not listen to this around your children. It is not for them. It is for adults. And please do not listen to this uh, with your teens unless they are old enough and wise enough to understand um, some of the, the knowledge and rant that I'm about to drop. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so... Why is this such an issue? Breastfeeding in public. And for me, the way I've been brought into it as a male has been mostly through social media. And in that social media, what I've seen seem to be, uh, you know, maybe dads, you know, that are in their 30s. And definitely uh, older men that I've, you know, seen, you know, coming from, you know, a political aspect or a political uh, voice. And like, this is really shocking for me. Um, and, and like, it, it really confuses me. I, like, I, I really don't understand what the... Uh, what the issue is and why this is so bad. And I guess as a man, me personally, this is just me personally saying this. Um, growing up, I didn't really see this. Like with my dad and grandfather and grandfathers, I didn't really ever hear of this. 
as an argument, as a problem, as an issue. You know, for, for a lack of a better term, why is everybody so afraid of a titty? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I, I don't I don't understand. And for a lot of men, and, and this is I'm going to jump right to it. Please don't tell me that you're the same person that has looked at more than one article of pornography. Please don't tell me that you've ever been to a strip club. And please don't tell me that you've never seen a girl walking and she has the package, the goods, the, the, the sweater is too tight, the push-up bra is as high as the skyscraper, cleavage is staring you in the face. Are you looking? Did you look? Are you still looking? And this is why I'm so confused. Like, what, like, what did they do wrong? <laughs> what did these women do wrong to that offends you? And as a man, we have an unwritten rule. When you go into the men's restroom, which can be disgusting because we really don't wash. We're cavemen. Let's just be honest. Um, and ladies, I, I, I do apologize if I make us sound like we're monsters and violent and cavemen. And, and you're like, well, what about the gentleman? And what about science and the degrees? No. Like, first, let's just deal with us being cavemen in the bathroom. And then we'll, we'll get into the rest of that. But there's an unwritten rule. When you go into the men's restroom, if there is, let's say, okay, let's make it easy. Three urinals. The one on the right is, has someone using it. The one in the middle has someone using it. That open urinal, that, that first one, as you're walking in, you won't use that urinal. And if you do, you got to get in there and get out fast. Because that's just too close to be to another man with the goods hanging out. <laughs> and I, I know you men that are hearing me, you know where I'm going with this. So let me ask a question. I'm going to play dumb. Let me just play dumb. So when we're all men, elephant trunk hanging out, and we're at the urinal, do you look at that man's goods? Do you look over the separation barrier, which is the only barrier in the restroom, and look at what he's got? You're not in public. So if that barrier is there, why is it such a... A issue for us to have to, oh, I gotta get in and get out, get away from him. Why is that such an issue? The barrier is there. We're not in public. Nobody else can see you. Is he looking at you? Are you looking at him? No. Why? You are in the most public of places. You could look at his whole head. <laughs> you could tell me what his ear shape is hair, whether he has gray hair or not, if he's shaved bald, if he just got his hair cut, just, just came from the barber, you could tell me so many details about this man. You could tell me if he's a terrorist, what kind of shoes he's got on, if he's military, flip-flops. I mean, you could ID the whole person being that close to him, but guess what? You won't even look at him, and you're not even a whole foot away from this person. It's only inches that separates you and this person with that little piece of metal. So what I'm asking is, how is it that we can be that close to a man and the, and the reverse magnetism pushes us away from each other and you won't look at that man? But, and, and, I, and I'm assuming these are mostly straight males. You will look at a woman from a football field away. Ah, she got to do that all. She got to do that over here. Just disgusting. 
Does she have does she have to do that here? Oh. Okay. And let me take it to another place. And this is just 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 for the men. If I am Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, or my quarterback, Matt Ryan, come on Falcons. If my eyes are good enough to throw the football downfield and hit my wide receiver going out of bounds, save some yards. If my eyesight is that good to where I can see that man and almost eliminate everybody on the field. Let's go to the World Series. Bottom of the ninth, two strikes. All I have to do is throw this ball into that catcher's mitt. Already threw a curveball, already threw a straight. If I can trick him with this foul ball to swing, I can strike out. I can throw a ball faster than any human can move. So accurate that it goes one of the eight directions I need it to go to strike this man out. And with that type of accuracy, I can laser focus on the parts that I need to throw at and not even notice anybody in the crowd. Hundreds of thousands of people watching from home in the stadium. So how is that amount of focus? (laughs) How does that ability? How is that here for a sport? But you see one milk-loaded breast, and you fall apart. You, in theory, you fall apart. You lose the game. You wreck the car. You miss the free throw shot. The whole crowd is yelling at you. First shot, swish. Winning this championship today. The whole crowd, I mean, they're running around with, I mean, did you watch the Raptors and Golden State Warriors? I mean, it's insane. There's kids waving, people flashing you. They're doing anything they can, shaving their heads in front of you, yelling the the worst things they could probably yell at you. Your mom is a hoe. Your mom is a slut. Go back to whatever. They yell the worst things they could possibly yell at you because guess what? Your skin is tough. Your skin is thick. You're an athlete. You're an athlete. Swish. Next shot, you made it. Nobody in that stadium yelling anything breaks your focus. So how is it? I don't get, come on, man, help me. Help me. Maybe I just have too much testosterone. Maybe I'm the horniest dude on the planet, and I just love every breast. I don't know. But what I'm wondering is, how do we have that laser focus, that hypnotism, that drives to win a championship with a strikeout, with a touchdown, with the free throws, with a three-pointer falling out of bounds, or jump shot, <laughs> whatever your favorite athlete does. I mean, we're out here breaking records on the track. Like, it's it, it's it's culture. It's regular culture. I don't know how we're going to keep doing this. We are so focused. But are we focused on the right thing? And so... I wonder, you know, if if it's men of a certain age and these are men that are in their 50s, in their 60s, I wonder, am I going to be like that one day? Am I going to see a a young mother or, um, you know, my daughter breastfeeding and get mad? Like, is that going to be me one day? Is that my fate where 
I see the, 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 one of the joys of my life taking care of my grandchild and it pisses me off. It sends me in a rage where I want to, is that my fate where I've done so much to get this girl a beautiful life? And because now she's feeding my grandchild, I'm furiously angry at her. Well, I don't know. Is it low testosterone? Is it culture? Is it that the women of yesterday were closed up in, in, a, in one setting and forced to be a certain way? And that was the culture that we got used to. Is that it? And I'm sure some of you might share this with, you know, maybe your mother, if, if you're currently breastfeeding your, you know, children and, and ask, but, and, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself, but is that my future? Is that my fate? That now it doesn't bother me, but, you know, 20, 30 years later, it will. It just, it makes me wonder. How is it that we have this magnifying laser focus for a sport where we can block out any and everything we see? But the second that woman that we don't even know with a child that we don't even care about, it's not yours. (laughs) It's not your child support. The second that happens, we make it our issue to argue with that woman, to yell at that woman when she's, of course, filling that child with poison, trying to kill that child and just basically probably doing, you know, doing that to insult and upset everybody in the, you know, mall or whatever. That's exactly why she's doing it. Because we don't, you know, I guess we don't care about our children. We don't want them to have health. We don't, we don't want them to grow up strong. Is it the sexuality piece? You know, is that, is that what it is? Because I'm here to tell you, men, if you can't distinguish between a girl and a woman, <laughs> this is kind of that R. Kelly talk. It's, you know, if you can't distinguish between consent and no consent, you know, Weinstein, if, if you can't distinguish between what's causing the Me Too movement and man, you, you got a lot of issues coming up. They, they will haunt you. They will come after you. But hey, let me let me stay with it, because, you know, not everything is going to make you comfortable. Me as a husband, I will be married uh, 10 years in September. And I'm not comfortable with gas. <laughs> I'm running and hiding, trying to get away because it's not that I'm not comfortable with my wife. I don't know what's going to happen with the smell. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I, I love her. I got to get I got to get this away. And when people say, you know, you have to do it or you got to be on the toilet around each other. Lies, <laughs> lies. Lies. You you don't have to do anything. But what I am saying is, if if a part of your mind, you're only wired to see this woman sexually, and the breast is something that you, in your mind, can only see sexually. I understand that. Like, I, I do understand that as a man. But what I'm saying is, that's gonna have limits. There are boundaries on that because your sexual breast in your mind can be too young or too old. There is a too young and a too old for that. Because if that was the case, R.E. Harmony and dating online would look a little bit different, wouldn't it? (laughs) So there you have it in your mind what sexually turns you on and what sexually drives you toward people. And I I even asked this question with a few friends of mine. I'm like, is there somebody that everybody is head over heels for? Like just thinks every, like just every man thinks is like 
thinks this woman is gorgeous is what I'm saying. Like a, a Beyonce or a, a pretty woman, um, Julia Roberts, uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Lucy Liu. Um, is there a woman that's gorgeous that everybody says is gorgeous that you don't find attractive? I asked that question to a few friends of mine and I was amazed at what they said because I have that person. I won't tell you who it is. But I have that person that it's a superstar that I know she's gorgeous, but she's not attractive to me. Guess what? That's everybody. And that's okay because that's not my wife. I already have one. <laughs> so you're not going to find everybody attractive. I, I get that. That's fine. It's okay. And you don't need to voice who is and isn't attractive. That's, that's just being mean and rude. But what I am saying is, if you are going to sexualize the breast, I'm going to challenge you to tell me where that begins and ends, because you and I both know that there is a beginning and end to that. There is a certain age. There are rules on that. So if it's a sexual thing, I get it. You feel like maybe you're being bullied into seeing something that you didn't want to see. I get that, but this is exactly why in my bathroom scenario, there's three stalls, one is open. You're gonna wait. And if you're, you know, homophobic and, and there's a gay man in the middle, woo, <laughs> you're really gonna wait because you're scared. <laughs> Which is even funnier to me because he doesn't even want you. <laughs> but like, all this phobia for nothing for nothing you being scared of that breast benefits you in absolutely no way and even if you i don't know even if you never knew that this woman was was breastfeeding and you i don't know were walking behind her it wouldn't change your day at all it doesn't benefit it doesn't take anything away from you at all if anything, some of you should be happy that you are seeing one because you haven't seen one in a while. <laughs> Come on now. And that's what I'm saying. Like, for some of you all, beggars can't be choosers. Like, for real. Beggars can't be choosers. And when I first started hearing about this, I have to be honest. All I heard was whining. All I heard was complaint. Like that, that honestly what I heard, because if you have friends that are, you know, sexually active, they're good in the bedroom, they're, they're quality and they know what it's like to be with, you know, multiple partners and they've got a, they've got their techniques down. They've got this, that, and the other down. Me personally, I've never heard them say anything about a, an exposed uh, breast during breastfeeding because it's my thought that their mind is so geared on what they are getting that they don't have the time to nitpick and look at what they're not getting and then complain <laughs> that the child is getting the breast because they aren't. <laughs> and... <laughs> If it's that bad, and I'm just keeping it real. If it's that bad and the only time you were to ever see a breast is out in public breastfeeding, come on now. Don't act like pornography isn't one of the leading industries in the world right now. Like people, people have found a, a home almost with some of these web pages and and magazines and, and places that you can go and view all this stuff. That's why I said, like, please don't tell me that you're the same man upset about public breastfeeding that has been to a strip club that has pornography magazines or has looked at more than one article of pornography. I don't care if it's a nude painting you looked. Come on now. So 
I feel like we just need to man up on this. We can bleed all over the cage in a mixed martial arts fight. But the minute you talk about a woman having a period, World War Three, the bomb goes off. A man could have his leg blown off in war. And you'll we'll tell the story that he fought off, you know, 20, 30 soldiers by himself, save everybody's life. We'll look at that leg like, you know, it was a part of Iron Man or something. We see a, a, a man that survived a, a shark attack. And he's got the scrapes all up and down his back. We think that's the coolest thing in the world. You see it on a woman and, and it's ugly. So come on now. If that's not your wife, that's not your woman, just drop it. Like, what are you honestly going to do for her to help her life other than just argue? You know, like, it's kind of like that honking on honking during traffic. When it's not moving, it's not moving. You're just creating more of a, a hostile environment. But I'm going to come back to the men. I want to talk about the women for a second. There are women that are not comfortable with breastfeeding and women that choose not to, you know. I understand. It's the pressure as a society that we quietly put on women and, and a lot of men don't even know. And a lot of women aren't even comfortable even talking about whether they will or won't breastfeed. Because they know in their mind what they're going to do. They already have a chosen plan. They already know in their mind what they want to do. And some women just choose not to. Because it's like, you're going to force it and push it and drink all the teas and do all the right stuff. And when it doesn't happen, I think one of the things we don't understand as men is <coughs> postpartum depression is a different kind of mixture in the brain. It's similar to PTSD. It's a different wiring of the brain. Now, if you've never been hungover, I, I pray that you aren't, but if you are like many Americans and you do get hungover after drinking, you understand that next day, you, you are not good. Well, what if that hangover came at random and some of those days you just were emotionally imbalanced? It takes a lot to produce a child. So what I'm saying is, when everybody starts asking, Are you guys don't have a baby, you guys don't have a baby. And then you go through the process of having that child and doing all the right things and, and sleeping the right way, eating the right food, getting the right crib, the right all this and all that and making sure the home is ready. When you're doing all that just to get them here. It'd be nice if people could do a little bit more than criticize you for feeding your child. Like, get off me with that. And it's like, I think we should, in our society, see that and go stand in between that. And I'm, I'm going to get to the health portion of that, too. But I understand that women, there are women that elect not to do this. And there are some women, you know, that'll say right, right along with the men, you know, you don't want me to be doing that. Don't don't do that in public. You, you shouldn't be doing that in public. And, you know, go to the home, modesty and dress. I get it. I understand. You want to find a way to do this discreetly? Great. But what I'm. What I'm saying and I've understood from my first year or so as a father, with a child, it does not line up on your schedule. If anything, it's a punt return every day. It's that volleyball spike that you didn't know was going to hit the ground to, to win the match and everybody's on the wrong side. It's that unguarded person that's going to shoot 
the three-pointer that will win the game and you have no, no chance. It's that guy running down the field that you cannot catch because you're gassed and you're tired. And he's about to catch that touchdown and run it in with 20 yards of just open real estate. These kids will challenge you and test you, and nobody gives you an absolute book, a perfect book on what to do with them and how to raise them. But to just judge you so harshly for feeding your child? I mean, really? What are we what are we really talking about here? Are we talking about you or this child? So I understand when women are a little bit sensitive about this because women go through the pain during those months where maybe we're running out of supply or it's too painful to do it. So maybe you just don't want to see it anymore. I get it. Or you're working. You don't want to see it at work because you want to keep a work mind. It bothers you because you see it at work. I get it. A lot of people don't understand these having children changes you. It can change you mentally. It can change you physically. I don't think people deal with that and understand that. But I just wonder when it became taboo. You know, I started researching and looking. Is it this way in other countries? Now, we know we know we already know. If, if the women are already wrapped up and all you can see is their eyes, I, I dare you to, to say that you've seen a woman breastfeeding in public in those countries. I mean, they, come on. Rock, it's not rocket science. But there are some countries where they think it's beautiful. They applaud it. They love it because of what you're doing. Russia, not so much. <laughs> You get yelled at for that. It's a little little, little similar to, to what we see here. But something about this just doesn't feel right. I'm going to get mad at you for feeding your child. As a man, I just, I'm sorry, I still don't understand that. What is the fear of the breast? I was in the park. This is just last week. Um, I was in the park. It was hot. <laughs> it was like uh, uh, 80, 90, no, about 90 degrees. Humidity just laying on you like a blanket. And this mom just whips it out and starts feeding her daughter. And I didn't see the, the beginning, of course. But because I'm always looking at everything, of course, I'm staring. So I turn around and look. And I'm like, oh, she's feeding a child. I didn't lose any testosterone. I didn't lose any masculinity. I mean, I wasn't thirsty, so, you know, it didn't bother me that I wasn't getting any. But, like, why? Now, the overall benefits of what that child gets versus going and, you know, paying for you know, the milk from the stores and Similac and, you know, making it yourself, um, you know, stirring it up, making it do it, you know, fed is best, fed is best, feed the child. But you save so much money not doing that. And, and for the women that can store it up and, and they've got, you know, refrigerators full of it. Amazing, beautiful, great. You are feeding that child. And it's, it's hard for me because There have been sleep studies where it's been proven and understood that making people feel bad about sleep is maybe the worst thing that we could do. As a matter of fact, in our sleep is the, the healing components for our whole body. So much so that getting less than six hours of sleep a night almost rides along and accompanies the uh, sleep apnea and the issues as we get old. It's like crazy how we get a little bit older, our sleep rhythm is off, our health is off. This is just 
we're just talking about sleep. It's one of the first things I learned in college as an athlete. One of one of the uh, just brute Hulk like looking uh, football players that I would hang out with would just break it down simply. He's like, your muscles repair in your sleep. 60% of it happens in your sleep. And we make people feel bad about, oh, you eight hours of sleep. If I had slept eight hours of sleep, I wouldn't have a job. I, I wouldn't be able to make any money. I would, blah, blah. We make people feel bad about taking care of themselves. Like, just because you don't like it and you're not comfortable with it and you haven't figured it out, it's my problem. So, I mean, if breastfeeding that child not only saves money, creates a stronger relationship with with that child, increases their IQ, increases their gastrointestinal system. I know I butchered butchered the word, but creates a stronger internal lining. And of course, what you eat, the baby eats. They have been doing it for nine months. Now they're going to do it in the fourth trimester outside the womb. So if all of this is healing and helping so much, how can it be shunned and looked at as if we're peeing on the wall outside like we're just leaving the bar? Which I have had friends get uh, arrested for or uh, cited for. Yeah, peeing on the walls outside the bars downtown. You you get a ticket for that. You get written up for that. This isn't illegal. This is actually good for you. And I struggle with this. I don't understand it. It confuses me because we... I'm going to come back to the male side. We are in an age, a growing age where now, and I know this is nasty. I, I know it's nasty. What we know about sex and what we perceive as sex is light years, light years into the future in comparison to what we knew in the 80s and 90s. I mean, people are maintaining and caring for their bodies a different way. And now these videos show men skeeting and rocket jetpack shooting across a whole room on faces, on blinds, on walls, on anything. And women are doing the same. The, the, the orgasm for women has changed. There's squirting and geysers and Niagara Falls and all this stuff. Huh? This is the world we live in? That is taking up 75% of male viewership? And, and ladies, I don't know if you knew it, but men are a little bit connected to sex. It's one of our driving things. In the reproductive schedule of life, that part is, it's, it's ingrained in us. Now, the fact that pornography became something that men latched onto, it, it, it's both a gift and a curse. It's an educator and kind of a, uh, a, a hindrance because a lot of men will go and learn these things and do these things and stay in that world when really you should be focused on a real woman. That's a whole nother topic. So that's what I'm saying. We live in a a climate where you can go and look at that stuff in a video where men and women are uh, sprinklers of sexual juices. That is normal. And like I said, men, we are 75% of that audience. Women are 25. Stop be sexist here. Women have a brain and sexual desires, too. So what I'm saying is, instead of looking at that all day, why not just enjoy the real woman? 
what you see in front of you. It doesn't even have to be all sexual. Not everything has to be about sex. But I just find it odd that we can be so sexually driven in one area, but so angry and and against something that is so valuable in life. If anything, in these videos and pornography, we are wasting the same things that create the people that we said we don't want to abort. We don't want found in trash cans. We don't want uh, uh, illegal procedures done on. Now, we said we want these kids, so it takes a little bit to, to take care of them. And then when you see them screaming and, and hollering in the, you know, <laughs> supermarket, I guess they just don't know how to raise their kids or that's not how I would have done it. No, it's not because that's not you. That's not your child. We all don't do it the same. But guess what? Since everybody's perfect and everybody wrote the, the manual on a golden child and a golden you know, how, how, to, how to raise a golden child and golden adult and, and get them to be the best that they want in life. How about you write that book? Write that book on the golden, li- the golden living and golden life that you're supposed to have. Exactly. To the wire from, from birth to death. You write that book and there's no need for it. Does she... Why do you have to do that here? Do you have to do that here? Now, keep in mind, I don't I don't know about you as a man or as a woman, you know, for the women that are listening to this. Um that shipment is coming in. It's coming in hot. And as a man, you will never understand what this feels like. But I I I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Men, I don't know what you bench or how strong you are. (laughs) But if I put half of that on the rack, let's say you bench 300 pounds. Okay. So I just put 150 on. How many times can you lift that weight before you have to put it down? At some point, it's going to be too much for you. If I say go until failure, you have a failure in you. When we try to hold it to go use the restroom, I don't care if it's a glass of of water or a whole gallon. At some point, you will be in tears because you have to go use the restroom. Now, if it's worse and it's number two, you're on your own because you got to set that up. (laughs) <laughs> you can't do that in public. If, if I'm walking through the park and you see me just unzip and pee right there, I mean, that's that's a, a sexual harassment. That's there's so many violations that come into code with that. That's just me being selfish. I should have found a restroom for that. And as men, we I mean, we got it easy. We can go run in the bushes. But what I'm saying is. That does not need to hit the ground at any point. This child does need to eat. This child does need to be fed. And it's also because of that pressure that women are pushing back in some circles and saying, I don't need all this pressure on me. We're going to feed this child no matter what. So they're saying, hey, dad, take this bag, take this food feed this child when I can. It makes sense. That's easy. It takes a village. Okay. But I don't know. I went a little bit long. (laughs) As I said, this is a rant. I still don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't know when it became taboo. I don't know when, you know, women started breastfeeding in public. I don't know when it happened. But I know that some people see it as beautiful and some people see it as horrid. It's like the car accident on the freeway. That's not, you don't know them. 
Why are you slowing down? Why are you looking? If they're dead, like this is what bothers me about people. If someone died in this car accident, what is slowing down and almost creating another car accident really do for that person? Really do for you or anybody else that needs to get to work? That car accident has nothing to do with you. That is not your business. It's the stall right next to you when you're going to pee. Somebody's on the toilet next to you going crazy, going nuts. You don't say a word to them. I'm just keeping it real, being honest. If it's a truck stop or whatever, it could be the most disgusting smell. You get out of there as fast as possible. You don't talk to them. Are you can't you flush? You got to do that in here. I don't I don't know how it is in women's restrooms, but I know as far as men you want to kick that door down and fight that person <laughs> sometimes how bad it is. But you don't say a word. You flush. You might grunt. <clears throat> you might grunt a little bit to, you know, give them a clue. They don't care. That is the place to be nasty. That is the nasty room. It is the rest where you rest in that room. <laughs> and in there, you can't say a thing. It's just all barbaric. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry. And like I said, if, if I just have too much testosterone, if I'm, you know, the horniest dude on the planet, you know, hey, I'm sorry. But the one thing I'm not doing is looking over women's shoulders to see if I can see a, a, a breastfeeding breast. That's just such a waste of time. I'm sorry. I got better things to do. And if you, if you are married, why are you looking at that woman's breast and not your own wife? Now, I get it. Cleavage is cleavage. If you're a man, you're being real, you're being honest. When you see it, it's out. Boom. <laughs> but, like, why are you in her shirt? For real. I mean, that's like, you think about it. With some men, you look at them too long. And this is just man to man. Do we, are, are we, we good? Are we okay? Looking, you you looking a little bit long, bruh. Do you? I mean, do you know me? Do you need to know me? <laughs> like men, we get like that. We get like that before fights, boxing, mixed martial arts, anything. We get like that. So, I mean, what's not to say I'm not protective of my wife and my child? And I see you looking. How do I know you're not a pedophile or something? pretending to not like breastfeeding and really you want to take my child or you want to kidnap my wife or something. How do I know you're not a pretender? How, how should I feel in this moment when I see you looking at this and you're focused in on this and you have 360 degrees of sight to view whatever it is you want to view in life and the beauty that's in it and you choose to look at that. Now, come on now. We have sex offenders, a sex offenders list. They've worn it out. They've gone too far. How do I know you're not on that list? How do I know you're not just starting this argument to, to shake me up or rattle me in some way to, to make me forget what you've been doing or that you've been casing this whole place and you do this all the time. So I don't know, maybe I won't show up the next time. How do I know? You know? Your paranoia has to be going crazy as a, as a father. But for me, I just, I see it as whining. I'm sorry. I've never been intimidated by a breast. I've been scared of a breast. I, I haven't and I won't now. No, I mean, nobody's doing this at church. Nobody's doing this at restaurants. At least I hope not. <laughs> but if somebody's in a park, I mean, I don't know, even if they are in a restaurant. I mean, you went to a public restaurant. That's on you. You could cook at home. 
You can do whatever you want at home. When you come to a public restaurant, you're going to interact with public people. If people are sneezing and having stomach flus and viruses in that establishment, they brought that in there. You, you chose that. When we get in car accidents, they don't really care who caused the accident. All that damage, all that, it does affect us because of our choices to go out on that day and involve ourselves in that. Even if it wasn't your fault, it still affects you. Please prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. Everything affects everything. So if you want people to stay in the house and just, you know, breastfeed in their house, I understand. But I think maybe we should clarify what it is we have a problem with, with breastfeeding in public. Just telling somebody they can do it somewhere else or asking, why do you have to do that here? Well, why are you asking? Were you breastfed in public? Or were you not? Why is it bothering you? And if this is helping this child, like I said before, what is wrong with that? Are they shoving it in your face? What are they doing so wrong to you? So that's all I got. This is a long rant. <laughs> rant edition of Make It Plain Wayne breastfeeding in public. I love you all. I hope you love me back. And uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. Have a great weekend too.